0: It is great to see you as we've been ushered into worship, as we've sung together, may the Lord give us peace. That is my prayer for you this morning and has been this week as we come together in God's word. I'm Pastor Randy Lovelace, and I serve here as lead pastor, and I want to welcome all of you here, visitors, members, regular attenders, and those who are joining us on the live stream and those who are in B110. This series love refracted as we consider the ways in which the Holy Spirit a gift of God desires to work in us and in our character to bring forth the fruit of the character of God and that fruit is shaped by love. Jonathan Edwards was getting it much in his book Charity and its Fruits which is really a compilation of his sermons on the fruit of the Spirit is that it is love which is the root and it is love refracted in the human heart aided by the spirit in Christ and his word that then brings forth the beautiful work of the 22 to 24 and we begin together. But the fruit of the spirit is joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Against such things, there is no law. Our faithful leader and shepherd to small saints. And this morning, those of you who are remaining in here with us, let me encourage you, if you have your Bibles, to open to the Gospel of John. If you don't, you can activate them by your phone, uh, and also you will see it, I believe, on the screens. John chapter 14 Verses 25 to 31, hear now God's word. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach all of you, all things and bring you to remembrance of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I will no longer talk with you much, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that you would produce in us the fruit of peace that it would transform the way we consider you and your promises, that it would change the way we consider our days and the way in which we live them, and that it would transform our, bring our minds, bring our bodies before you. Come Holy Spirit and make us new. Help the teacher. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we consider Jesus' words with regard to peace, I have two points for you this morning. The first is the way in which we can understand the gift of the peace that Christ says that he gives to those who are his children. And that peace is to be understood in two ways. The first way is which is most clear in this interaction between Jesus and his disciples, is the peace which he is giving to them as a result of his work. So if you will, it is a peace which you and I can experience personally, individually, every one of us. The second way in which we are to receive this gift of peace is the ways in which it is intended through the teaching of Jesus to change the way we live with each other relationally. So the first is how am I to understand this peace which is being given to us because of Christ's work that each one of us are invited and are able to experience this. So Jesus is preparing the disciples for what he is about to do. The gospel of John has the longest uh, good news of the scriptures is that if it weren't true, you would never include these things. Because the disciples are slow to learn. Are you with me? They are slow to learn. And they've been riding side saddle with Jesus. They've seen his work. They've seen his promises. They've seen that what he says is coming true. And yet they still don't get it. And they are afraid. And so he speaks when he says to them in verse 27 Peace. I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The beautiful thing of this is Jesus sees into every one of our hearts this morning. He knows the fears that you've been carrying with you into this place, He knows the fears that you're trying to push to the side that you've had and experienced this week. He does not judge them in it. He welcomes them in all of their disturbed nature. And he says, I don't give to you in the way that the world gives me. I'm not gonna give this to you and then take it from you. But notice what he doesn't say and is implied. It doesn't mean that it becomes an easy trip an easy relationship to navigate in a world that is full of trouble. He doesn't promise that they will not face trouble because he's about to face it for us. He doesn't promise that they're not going to experience storms because they will. But what he gives to them is an anchor, an anchor that only he can provide. And he says that he is going before them and he equates the work of His Spirit that He's going to give to them with His work. What is being talked about here is what the Scriptures mean by the word sanctification. Mind the disciples and remind all those who call on Jesus' name of the things which Jesus has taught. So therefore, when the storms of life and the trials come and the worries and anxieties well up, that we can be reminded by the Holy Spirit What Jesus said, my peace I give to you, because the peace I'm giving to you, no one can take. Because what Jesus understands as our greatest affiliation between us individually and corporately, for those who call on the name of Christ, between us and God the Father. God was not angry and just waiting for Jesus to take care of it. No, God so loved the world that he sent his son. So it is God's love and God's command that sent forth the son. The son comes and Paul tells us in Colossians chapter one that by his cross and by his blood, he has claimed for us peace with God. That's another word, propitiation. Jesus Christ has removed the wrath, which is due to sin and brought us relational relational peace with God our father and creator and Jesus says I'm going to give you my spirit that when you are tempted to believe that the father does not love you or that the father is angry at you because of your sin you need to know that I as your redeemer and savior have taken the full weight of God's wrath and my spirit will remind you his song over you is love and not anger Therefore, if Jesus would say that to us, why does he then say, let your not let not your hearts be troubled? Because when we are honest and we face trial and calamity, despair, stress, all kinds of stuff that happen to us on a weekly basis, we are tempted into believing that God is doing this because we deserve it. That we must have done something wrong or that God does not love. I'm often faced with so many Christians who actually come into my office with a truckload of pride that God could not possibly love you. So you've stopped trying to earn your way back to God. You just believe he stopped loving you. Too far off, I can't come to him again, not with this trouble, not with this storm, of my own making. But Jesus said, peace I leave you with. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And when we begin to allow God's word and spirit to pierce our prideful selves, And hear that God loves us in Jesus Christ, no matter the storm, no matter what the making of the storm is, no matter the anxiety. He doesn't judge me. He doesn't push me away. He welcomes me in. If I can allow that to pierce my fear, that gives me an anchor. It doesn't remove the storm. It gives me an anchor in the midst of it. This last Monday, we gathered together for Franklin Fellows annual event called Colony Sessions where we have a number of musicians who are up in front and they, they walk us through as songwriters and performers the songs that have meant a great deal to them and what was behind the song. And They didn't know it. I don't think they planned it this way, but there was a common theme through each one of the 16 songs that they, they gave to us. And it was precisely this theme that I want, to take, I, wanted to, it's like I want to take the pen out of God's hand and write my own story, but God keeps coming back and saying, nope, that's not the paragraph I'm writing for you. But no, this is not the paragraph I want. I know that's not the paragraph you want, but this is so much trouble. I know it's not that much trouble. Each trial that we pass through in life, though we're shaken, we cannot be pulled apart from Christ. No matter how the driving rain beats down on those who hold to faith, a heart of trust will always be a quiet, peaceful place. And the chorus says, sometimes he calms the storm with a whispered peace be still. He can settle any sea, but it doesn't mean he calms his child. Jesus Christ took on a human nature walked with our feet and our kind of skin and had a heart pumping inside of his chest. And everybody he came to, he desired to give them his peace. And he says, I'm about to go and bring a peace which can never be taken. And that is a peace between you and your heavenly father. And I'm going to die for you. And I will give you my peace. Therefore, you do not need to let your hearts be troubled. Oh, and they will be but that is why I'm giving you the spirit because the spirit will remind you. Sometimes he calms the storm and sometimes he calms the child, but peace is the same. Jesus says, I give you my peace. Some of you sitting here this morning do not know what I'm talking about but you are here in front of me. You're joining us on the live stream. You are fearful, you are torn apart, your life is all disrupted and you're looking for a way out. In Jesus' name, he welcomes you in. To say this is a no-judgment zone is very if you do not know the lord jesus christ and your heart is raging he welcomes you by his love and his grace but there are christians here this morning who are also finding themselves trapped in a cul-de-sac of fear And anxiety has given you the gift of his spirit. Take those boxes, take off all the tape and let him in. Bring it all to him for his peace pierces even your pride. All he asks of you is to acknowledge it and he welcomes you in. But I would be remiss if all we understood about peace is relational reconciliation with our Heavenly Father individually. There is another side to the peace when Jesus says, my peace I give to you. Because then just a few chapters later, we have recorded the longest prayer of Jesus. It's called Jesus's high priestly prayer. And there he begins to pray for our relationships between one another. So when Jesus says, my peace I give to you, he doesn't intend for us to just have it between me, myself, and Jesus. He actually invites us to live out peace, motivated by love with one another. And here's one of the challenge, one of the many challenges of being a disciple in Jesus' human nature. And when he was raised to life on the third day, he is now seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. Do you know that he retains his human nature? And he still bears the scars on that body. He is acquainted with all of our ways, all of our doings. He knows us full well. He took it on completely into following him to walk in his ways as disciples, as he says to his disciples. He says to all those who call on his name. The challenge is, however, he's showing us what it's like to really be human. Because God took on human nature. And so Jesus is before us not only as a redeemer, but also one who calls us to follow in his way. He is an example. And the way in which we follow Jesus is aided by the Holy Spirit, which Jesus talks about here. We are aided and empowered by the Holy Spirit to walk in the ways of Jesus, to follow him. Again, this is what the scriptures say about sanctification but I I can't improve on it because of the work of J.C. Ryle wrote this about sanctification. Sanctification is that inward spiritual work by the Holy Spirit, which the Lord Jesus Christ works in a person. He calls that person to be a true believer. He not only washes us from our sins by his own blood, but he also separates us from our natural love of sin and the world and puts a new principle in our hearts and makes us practically godly in life. So by the work and power of the Spirit being in relationship with Jesus, he means for us to follow in his ways to walk the way of Christ. Therefore, as such, we begin to see by the work of the Holy Spirit, I have an inward desire to love like Jesus loved And it actually has an effect. It is not an exercise in futility that the spirit begins a work and brings it to completion, though it is slow in process. And here's one of the things we forget. Grace, Dallas Willard once said, is opposed to merit, not effort. Deserve it. But it does require spirit-born, empowered effort on our part. And no other place does it require more effort to follow Jesus than dealing with other people. My hygienist this week said, as she was cleaning my teeth, so you're a pastor? "Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And she says, well, I've heard it once said it would be great to be a pastor. And I would say a dentist if it weren't for all the people. Amen. Yeah, right. It is hardest to follow Jesus when we have to deal with other human beings. But this is the playground. This is the playground where following Jesus, the rubber hits the road. Sorry to mix all these metaphors, but there you go. So... This is not, as one writer said, a hopeless exercise. God's seed is planted in us. Christ's power is at work, transforming us into his image. And the one who began a good work in us will bring it to completion and gives us the Holy Spirit to live out the ability to live in a place of peace with other people. And that place of peace is not the absence of conflict, but being in relationship with each other means that it is the place where reconciliation, grace and mercy and forgiveness all come to meet. But here's another challenge. We come here each week and we sing about Jesus, we pray to Jesus, We hear Jesus taught about in the scriptures. We talk about Jesus to to praise him, but leave him up there, forgetting that he was a human like us, intending for us to follow him. Therefore, we keep him up there, unchallenged by his teaching down here. Jesus says in that high priestly prayer, they will know that I exist because of your love. We will know the one another, where reconciliation, mercy, and forgiveness meet. We oftentimes make Jesus an untouchable icon of truth, and we oftentimes remain untouched, unchanged, and unchallenged. We will praise him. We will talk about him without end, but never finding ourselves challenged. Let me ask you, how are your relationships with other people? And I ask myself the same question. And I wrote this this week, and it's rarely a moment that I write something that I like. Perhaps you won't, but this is where the Spirit was speaking to me. I humbly suggest that in the area of living at peace with other human beings, those in this room those in your family, those in your neighborhood, those who you work with. That in living with these others and seeking the peace of reconciliation, we oftentimes become cynical and hardened against the possibility of healed relationships. We have reflected more of the world in the ways of dealing with others. We hate our enemies. We hate the enemies of our friends. We curse others instead of blessing. We extend grace only to those that we agree with. We have become comfortable with living in a graceless world and have forgotten at best or rejected at worst that Jesus has actually called us to love others even of God made man who made peace on a cross with us and God by his blood. And here that he wants to give us his peace and not understand that we have to take seriously, are we forgiving others as we have been forgiven? Are we only showing grace to the post, speak, and think? It is important for us to hear the words of Jesus that my peace I give to you. And he means for us to also give that same peace to others in our speech, in our typing, in our thoughts, in these relationships. It is hard. It is really hard to want to see a restored relationship where there is hurt. It is hard to give forgiveness. It is hard to give mercy. And there's so much that we could say about it. And I recognize it's multi-layered and complex and it requires wisdom and discernment. But we cannot take away what Jesus has said to us. I say to you, love as you have been loved. Love your enemies. Lord Jesus, help us. And I confess that sometimes we just like there not to be any peace. We need to bring that before the Lord and ask, Lord, not only that you would forgive us through the blood, I pray that we as the church of Jesus Christ could be evidence that Jesus and the Gospel is real and changes things because it is changing us, even where we least want to be changed. So pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your word. We confess to you, Lord. We confess that we often do not want to you our hard-heartedness and our cynicism. Forgive us for our sin. And by the same cross and the same blood which has reconciled us to the heavenly Father, by your work, Lord Jesus, and the power of your spirit, may you bring new growth, sanctification, new life, new desires, and renewed and reconciled relationships. Help us, we pray. It is in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.